Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless us in Jesus' name. So as we, as we start, um, see this is this one of the things that that excites me as a person, where, where I, am, I, am, I am amazed how God puts his things together. How God constructs things in, in diverse ways. You know, if you look at the prophecy that came out today, the very first minutes of that prophecy, In fact, he began to talk about the kind of grace I have placed on you. That was what he was talking about. He was talking about the kind of grace I have placed on you. So I am, I am, I am, I can see the hand of God that even before you got here, he had been talking about, you know, the the topic for today is going to be the grace placed on them. So when he started talking this morning and he began to start from the viewpoint of this, you are different because my grace is upon you. So as we begin to look even further, I want you to see, I want you to just see the hand of God in as the service begins to move on that he is, he is actually writing a script. There is no part of the service that is, that is just an area where you want to fill in the gap. May God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I would say this because, because as we begin to look at the word grace, the, the, one of the things is that, one of the things which the Bible warns us about, which Paul said, Paul talks about preaching the full counsel of God. That Acts chapter, just to Acts chapter 20, he said, he said, for I am not stunned to declare the whole counsel of God. That means that there can be a part counsel of God, it's a, a topic can be taught in such a way whereby people don't get the full concept of it. I am not saying that, I'm not saying that every topic can be dealt with at a go. But for example, when, when I would just use the word faith as an example. When you ask people about faith, most of the things we talk about faith is that faith is the ability to pray to God and get something. Or faith is the ability to believe God for something. That is, a, that is faith, but that is not the whole concept of faith. Because you will see it in Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, just reverse before, sorry. Hebrews chapter 11, it says, By faith, when Moses was born and was hidden for three months by his parents, because they saw that he was a beautiful child and they were afraid of the, of the king's command. By faith, when Moses became of age, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh. Yes? Oh, sorry, if you, read, if, you, if you read the verse after that's verse 25, he says that he departed from, he forsook the life of sin, the pleasure of sin. So when you talk about faith to Moses, he's talking about the faith to live a life of holiness. So faith empowers you to say no to sin. But an average Christian, if you ask them, talk to me about faith, that aspect of faith is left out. Because most of the time, people are not taught faith in that direction. Faith to be able to live above my weaknesses. And that's what I'm trying to say to us today is that the concept of faith, I'm not using that as an example. At times it is taught and I feel at times it's overflowed on one side. And people may not really get what it's all about. I also say this to us as we go on. I just want you to just let this be at the back of your mind. Two questions really. What are you good at? 
and what are you good for? Some people are good at football or playing, whatever it is. There's a talent. And you're extremely good at it. But what are you created for? What is the hand? What is the overriding parts of that particular thing? Because most of the time, if you don't understand that, no matter how much you are so good at your gifts, you will never be able to impact anything because there is no broader view of what the hand is all for. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Of what the game, the game is all for. So I think, I think that is important as we just move that. I will come back to that. Just wanted you to have a thought around that. So when one of the things, and which, which is so interesting because I felt that God has such laid the foundation, especially as we, as the prophecies were coming out this morning, is that, is that there are times that people have the ability of God in them, but because of either misinformation or how or how it has been directed, the they don't it doesn't the devil makes that ability in such a way that it is not a threat to it. So it can it will keep that ability with you, but it will make sure that it is not a threat to it at all. I would say just a slide after that. That's Exodus chapter one. Now, the Bible says that, now, Exodus chapter 1, verse 9 to 13, it says, it says here, I'm just going to just quote a couple of scriptures for us. He said, and he said to his people, look, the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply, and, and when it happened, by, when it happened in the event of war, they will also join our enemies and fight against us. Said, therefore, let us set taxmaster over them, afflict them with burdens, and they will build Pharaoh, they will build Pharaoh the uh, supply cities. What I'm trying trying to what what all this is saying is that Israel was growing in number. The Egypt, sorry, the Pharaoh was able to spot that these people's ability that they have could make them form war against us. So let us channel that energy in such a way that they'll be building cities for us. They'll be excited at what they are building, but they have lost the opportunity of making that, that energy that they have in a productive way. Does that make sense? I would, I would take it, let's go back to Exodus chapter 13. Now, the Bible says, then it came to pass, now this is after they left Egypt. Then it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not lead them in the way of the Philistines, although it is a shorter course. For God said, Perhaps these people will change their mind when they see war. So God was saying, this is a easier way to do, but the problem is that these people have, they, they have not been used or brought up to think that they can face, a, they can conquer battle. But what they have been trained about, that this energy that you have, you can only use it to build house. You cannot use it to, to conquer a city. Does this make sense? So, for example, your youthful energy, they would say to you, this is how you can channel it. But that energy, actually, is supposed to come to produce something far more greater. So Pharaoh saw that these people had a particular power in them. But he said, we, we should keep them busy doing this so that when they are doing this, they will be so satisfied with it that they will forget 
that that power can actually be used for something else. So when God was leading them out of Egypt, God also solved that same problem that yes, the power was there, but that power is not being used in a productive way. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Um, um, you. God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, why am I saying this? Is that as we begin to move closer, as I begin to look at the issue of grace, I am just first of all laying a foundation that you can have something inside of you and you are being trained to challenge it in a different way, whereby it is not, it is not, you cannot achieve God's purpose. You will know that you have it. It's not a problem. Israel knew that they had the numbers. But that number was, the Pharaoh deliberately channeled that number in such a way that all they can see, the best they can, the thing that they can make out of it is just to, I'll have to It's just to, okay, let me give you an example. When you read the book of Revelations that you have in the scriptures, do you know that Revelation was written, I'm not saying everyone has to be like that, or Revelation was written from somebody in trance. It was in Patmos, John. He was in trance for a period of time. And he wrote the whole book of Revelation that people read till today. <coughs> that same trance is what some people are using to say you heard about yesterday. Oh, I can see that. You, you know, that is the best you bring out of it. The same thing, if you are close to the Catholics, if they are close to the Catholics, and there, are a, there is a section where they call the monks. Now, the monks, they get involved in most of all these things, where people go in trance and all these kind of things, and they bring out so much out of it. But yet, we have the same access to power. But we only use a very, it's only channeled to use a, a, a particular. Does that make sense? You know, I, I was sharing with us some time ago about a pastor, Chris Ajay. He went, he was, he was, he was at, he was at um, a service. They were doing only Michael's service. And, and he was, Okay. Um, oh, sorry. God bless you. So you have. So it was there, and and within that period, people were having services and people were seeing angels. But but Chris Adai was there, and he had he read the scriptures and he had the part where the Bible says about David is as wise as an angel. And he began to understand that angels can impact wisdom into you. Angels can impact, impact wisdom into you. Then what happened was that in, as in that same service, in that same service, Chris Ajayi began to, began to get inspiration of what to write about the program or whatever it is that he was doing there. After that service, he went to, he wrote everything down and he sent it to somewhere. And within a couple of days, he got a direct call from me, from Bill Gates there. The same service that some people were saying, I see angel. It's the same service that somebody got a greater access. Does this make sense? The God grants us understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So let's just let me just move this a bit forward and spare you a bit of the boring aspect. Jeremiah chapter 
29. Now, I know that most of us are, are conversant with Jeremiah 29 level. I know my ways towards you. I know my thoughts towards you are not of people, but of good to bring you to an expected hand. Amen. Hallelujah. Which is good. But let's see how what God said before he said that. Now, I, I will read from verse 4. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to whom all, to, to, to all who were carried away in captivity, whom I caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. He said to them, build houses, dwell in it. Plant gardens, eat the fruits. Take wives and begot children, sons and daughters. Now, he says in verse 7, he said, seek the city where I have caused you to be carried away as captive. Seek the peace of the city where I have called you to be carried away as captive. Pray to the Lord for it. For in it you would have peace. And thus, for it, for, sorry, for in it you would have peace. For thus hear the Lord, God of hosts, the God of Israel. Do not let prophets and diviners who are in the midst of you deceive you, nor listen to your dreams, which cause which you are caused to dreams. For they prophesy falsely, I have not said them. Now, what was happening there? People were taken to a foreign land, in a place where they were they were told to serve as slaves. And their prophets were saying, Don't worry, God is God is a God of liberty. You are going to move to the next level. And God is saying, no, I want you to stay in that land. You have something inside of you to give to that place. But at times, and that is why he said, I, I know my thoughts towards you. I am not, because I told you to remain in a position, does not mean, that's why you go to verse 11. Say, my thoughts towards you are not of evil, but of good to bring you to a hope and an expected end. What he's saying is that in the place where I have called you, I want you to settle down and I want you to seek how that place grows because you have the ability inside of you to make a difference. But if what you are getting involved is pray for me to get out of here, pray for me to move away from this place, and God is saying, my thoughts towards you are of good. I am not intending to make you feel bad. But because there is something inside of you that you need to deposit in that place. And as that place begins to grow, your whole life prospers. There are people here, no, not here, sorry. No, there is a school of thought that, you know, the UK, I must go back to Nigeria. What concerns me? Let me just, let me just get what I want to get and go back to Nigeria. Or maybe God is promising you that you have something to do. Maybe you are going to open your own business or whatever it is. Or ministry, whatever it is, and your eyes is there. That's all you talk about. And God is saying, Hey, sit down there, seek the peace, pray for that place. As you do that, that is when your own peace will begin to increase. Why? Because you have an ability upon you. You have an ability upon you. Let me let me share a, 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 I will just paraphrase it, but just a testimony with you.
Now, someone, someone sent me this saying that the sermon uh, was linked to my week. So basically, what happened was that I feel that God is is asking, is talking about a revival in our organization. And he said, the person said, so that was the the company was under audit, was doing an audit and things like that. So this person called, spoke to somebody within the workplace, and he said, I just feel, and probably because of what we've been talking about, I feel that God wants to do something in this place. So, and what happened was that when, when the audit was passed, for some reason, I don't know how where it is, but for some reason, they now, they wanted to celebrate it. So they now called somebody to come in and come and sing. So when they were singing, they started singing, and afterwards the song sang, went to, oh, happy day, oh, happy day, and things like that. Then everybody began to worship God in the organization. And they were saying to me that, you know, they're trying to start a prayer group within the organization. This person is not the CEO of that organization. No matter which level that person was, God is using that person to bring that organization into his kingdom. And that's one of the things I'm sharing with us and talking to us about. That you don't have to be, you don't, you, to, for you to be effective for God. See, at, at times, at times one of the things, let me just share one scripture also with us as we go on. Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19. Now, the Bible, this is Paul. The Bible says he went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. But when some were hardened and did not believe, but spoke evil of the way before the multitude. Now, if you see the way in your Bible, in capital, one of the things is that in the early days, Christians, they were not calling them Christians. They called them the way. Because that was what they were calling them. Why? Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So when, wherever they, call, they get anywhere, they used to tell people, Jesus is the way. That's what they were saying. So people used to call them, well, summary, the way. Where is it? The way people, <laughs> that is the people they are. So for them, it was, Christianity was not here and there. They, they, they didn't have too much message. It was only one message. Jesus is the way. And that was it. So, I just going to read, and the Bible says, he departed from them, he, he departed from them, redrew the disciples' reasoning within daily at the school of Tyrannus. And he continued for two years. So he went and dwelled in Asia, and the word of the Lord, and, and they had the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greek. Now, if we before that, it's going to that the church began to grow. What happened was that, what I'm trying to say is that, it seemed like Paul was not effective even in the church. He now went to the school of Tyrus, and that man was like a scholar. What am I trying to say is that he took the message away from the four corners of the church alone and went into the city to begin to reason with them. And as a result, the church began to explode. The church began to explode. So how does this concern me? I guess is the question. How does this concern me? One of the things that we have is the grace of God upon us. Why am I talking about the ability to go into a place that the devil can channel that ability and make it not if 
make it, you, you will know you have it, but it, don't, it is not an offense to him. If I ask people, what do they understand by grace? Some people would say, you know, that person, have you heard it before? That person can do that thing and get away with it because they have grace. Only of That is a, a school of thought of grace. Some of us will say that grace is God's mercy, which is good, but that is not the entire story of grace. Because I have sinned, I need God's grace. Question, why did Jesus need grace? If he did not sin. Why did Jesus need grace if he did not sin? Luke chapter 2. Sorry, I'm skipping the Bible. Luke chapter 2, from verse 39. The Bible says, so, so when they performed things according to the law, they returned to Galilee, to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong in the spirit and was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. So if, if everything about grace is about I have sinned, I need grace, Jesus did not sin. Why did he need grace? Grace surely is the grace of God. That is why when the prophecies was going on, one of these God was kept saying is that he was talking about the ability that you had and he was saying you had grace. Because grace is also far more than just I am sinning, I need grace. That's why if you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For or because my strength is made perfect, in your weakness. Grace is the strength of God that God gives to us. Grace is more than just God. When the Bible says, when the Bible says grace is upon you, that means the power of God is residing inside of you. When they say somebody is under grace, it is, it, is, it, is, it is the power and the ability. That is what they try to, try to um, bring in into our fold when they call somebody is grace. It's not a license to sin. It's actually a license to stop sin. Because grace is actually the power to stop sin. Grace is not the ability to sin and get away with it. You see why I started from the fact that Israel had the power, but Pharaoh tried to move that same power to be used for something different. Let's go on. Let's go to, let me see how Peter put it. Second Peter chapter 2 verse, verses, um, Second Peter chapter 1 verses 2 to 4. He says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of the Lord our God Jesus. As is 
divine power. Because grace is associated with power. That was why the Bible says Jesus had the grace of God upon him. So, the ability to go into, to walk into a place and be sure that you can change that environment, that you can win people over to God, is because the grace of God, that power, that ability is residing inside of you. But the problem is that if all we tell people is that grace is the ability to just sing and say, God, thank you for your grace. And I guess God just did wonder and say, It's as if you buy somebody. Okay, it's as if you buy somebody a car. Because you see them walking from point A to point B. As if you go to a village. And they've never seen a car before. So you see them, everybody carrying things on their head. So you buy them a nice Toyota truck. I say to them, this truck can move stuff from A to B, but this truck also has AC units. This truck has, has um, music in it. In fact, you can recline the seats and it looks good. So we now come back. What they now do is that they now go to the market, to the, um, to the farm, take the wood on their head, carry the wood back home, leave it in the house, because they are tired, they now go into the car, recline the seats, and enjoy the AC. They are still using the car. But the fact is that the main purpose of that thing, they've left it out of the That is how grace is being used. The major work grace is meant to do, you have left it. We are now using the side effects and we are enjoying. That is why when you see the apostles, when they talk about grace, that's why Paul said, I am what I have by the grace of God. He's not talking that I am what I have because God had the favor on me. He said, I am what I have by the power that God has given me. That's what it meant. Because to them, grace is very different. Grace is very different. The question is going to be this. Do you realize that that grace upon you is the ability to make it different? That there is so much going on out there. There are people God is sending you to. But if you look at yourself and you say, I don't have anything inside of me. And, and when God whispers to your ears and says, you have grace. You go, oh, grace is just for me to, you know, it is, it is that account that I use when, when I fall into sin. May God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. That's why the Bible says that the grace of God be multiplied to you. See, if we if we go to, and this is where I would also point out as I bring this to a close. Let's go back to that second Peter. I have that at a later hand, but we might as well go back up if that helps. Second Peter chapter one verse. He says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you. How is grace and peace multiplied? Not in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So as your knowledge increases of what God has given to you through Christ Jesus, your grace increases. But what now happens is that when we reduce the knowledge of what grace is about, it does not increase. 
So the only way for your grace to increase is as you increase in the knowledge of who God is. If you see how the early churches were behaving, because these guys understood what it was all about. Acts chapter 5, go up. Acts, Acts chapter 5. It says that, it says that, and through their hands, the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders was done. And, and they were all, um, sorry, they were all in one accord in the porch, yet no one dared to join them. Nobody dared join them. They were highly, they were highly esteemed. All the yet they they all increased. What was happening was that the way they were, they were the church was there was something upon their life, and the Bible says that nobody dared dared join them. So not that people were joining, but people knew when you when you see them, you respect them. When you see them, you respect them. May God grant us grace in the name of Jesus. So, I want us to, as we prepare our mind, as I say, I'm, I'm, I'm believing God for more testimonies. That you, no matter how, if it's a 50,000 organization, God will be using you in that place to begin to direct things in that environment. And what will happen is that the more they begin to see that, you know, there's something different when this person seems to do X, Y, Z, things seem to move around, then promotion begins to come. Promotion begins to come. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, I'm just going to just show you one one thing as we as we go, it's not up, up there, Acts chapter 4 if we can open our Bible I just wanted to just, if I can lay a bit of emphasis on this Acts chapter 4, verse 33. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. With great power. So, the greater, as you have great power and great grace. Because grace, each time you see grace, it is accompanied with power. How is it that the body of Christ have now turned grace to become all of those things? And we are saying, why are people not making, converting nations to God? It's because what we tell them they have, we tell them, it's not what is useful just for me to just, you know, I have me. I know. I know the grace that I have. If I see, <laughs> I see with girls, nothing happens. It's grace, grace. <laughs> oh, yeah, the same Bible says that you cannot continue to sin and expect grace to happen. But people expect that 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 grace gives us the grace to. God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's let's just let's just um, finish this up. As we as we had as we look at this to say um Let's go to um, Daniel, sorry, 
I'm just going to just read some, because what, what I want to just point out to you also is that even as we have this grace, as God begins to, to place us in this place, there are other things God expects you to do. When you know you have an ability, you need to begin to train and prepare yourself for the place that God is taking you to. Go to Genesis, please. Genesis chapter 14. This is, this is, um, this is uh, Joseph. This is Joseph. You see Joseph in, in, in the Bible that says, the Bible says that after Genesis 41 verse 14, he said, then Pharaoh sent for Joseph and they brought him out quickly from the dungeon, that's from the prison. Now, please notice what Joseph did. Joseph did not say, because God has anointed me, I am, I, am, I am moving with the power of God. The Bible says he shaved, changed his clothes before he came to Pharaoh. God expects you. See, at times, the people that God is expecting you to meet, you must be well informed to get there. Daniel was trained in the Babylonian ways before God could use him in Babylon. Equipping yourself is important. Equipping yourself is important. Re-examining your values is important. Do you know why God could not use as great as Peter was so anointed? Why did God not use him in the Gentiles? To speak to the Gentiles. Because Peter, as he was concerned, he cannot move past his tradition. And God said, I can't waste my time with you. You stay with the Jews within your community. Uh, Paul, I need you to go out there and speak to them. If, God, if he took an angel of God three times to convince Peter to hit, to, to go and pray for Colinius, it would take God who spent the whole century <laughs> convincing him to go to anywhere that's not Jerusalem's garbage. Equip yourself. In the field that God is calling you to, see, as great as. <laughs> what I would just say to you is when God said there are people. People who follow missionaries. There's a missionary that God will send them to an Arab nation. They don't go there and preach the first day. Some of them, they spend two years learning the language. Before they preach to one person, they spend two years in that country learning the language. You cannot communicate to people that you cannot connect to. Can I say to us is that when they say godliness, God created us in his own image. If I ask you what are the attributes that you see when it comes to godliness? We will say holiness. Loving. But do you also know that laziness is not godliness? Because it's not like God. It is anti-God. At times when people read the Bible and God talks about, you saw God who was a hard-working God. That is why all through the scriptures, it is forbidden that people don't know. Except you have a reason. 
That's why you see Jesus. It's only people that followed him full time that he told them to leave their job. Every other person, if you are not following him full time, you go and walk. Read the scriptures also. What I'm saying to us is that godliness is also beyond. It includes living a holy life. But it also includes acting like God. How do you act like God? You can't expect God. Give God a lie grace. I can't be bothered. That is why when Daniel was standing, they couldn't tell us nothing they could hold against him. Excuse me, what can they hold against him? I would read this last scripture with us. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Sorry, I don't have my phone. My uh, tablet is dead. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 7. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Each one of us has already been given grace upon us. Each one of us has already been given grace. Let me just show you this Titus of Titus. Titus chapter 2. And I want us to please, we can all hopefully overnight. Titus chapter 2. 11. And twelve. For the grace of God. For the grace of God. That brings salvation. That brings salvation. Has appeared to all men. Has appeared to everybody. Teaching us that. That grace is teaching us that. Denying ungodliness. We should deny ungodliness. And worldly lusts. And worldly lusts. We should live soberly. We should live soberly. Righteously. Righteously. And God bless you. So the Bible says that grace teaches us, empowers us to live a godly life. If anybody says grace empowers them to live a sinful life, they have not met the grace that scripture is talking about. That is very clear. Crystal clear. Say crystal clear. Hallelujah. I've come a long way. Getting more British by the way. No, when I was small, we should start from Island. When we say Island, Lagos Island. So, give about any degree if there's any distribution. Amen. So, Victoria Island. <laughs> Amen. All I, I, I have just tried to do by the grace of God is to let you know the Bible says each one of us has that grace. Everybody has that grace. And as you grow, as you put it to use, it begins to grow, it begins to multiply. multiply. You know, there are some things that you, especially, and that is what we do when we meet in church. God, if the Bible says we come to the throne of grace that keeps impacting you, impacting on the others. There are places that God is sending you out to, to bring that place to the kingdom of God. You don't have to stand there and start shouting. You may just go in there the first step you step in, I claim this place for God. 
And see how God begins to make you like he began to position, he began to position um, Daniel from different aspects till he brought him to the very top. See, there are easy ways. I, I, I look up something, you know, it, it, it was quite interesting. See, at times, I had, I was, I felt a little bit sick that my, my tongues were torn and things like that recently. And no, I was so, but I was, one thing I used to do, and I look forward to it, when I come to church every morning, I carry speakers. Anytime I do, I say, God, thank you for help that I can even carry this. And you know what? You will never permit me to fall sick because you need someone to carry this. Those little things that people don't see. Someone said, Don't you ever get um, offended? But I said, Offended doing what? Everyone <laughs> is my weakness. At least this morning, carrying this pick up, I, I must have said it over, over 10 times as I'm carrying. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I feel strength. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And guess what? That sickness came. The other day, I was surprised. I was pressing my hand. I was like, Oh, it's all gone. It's gone. There are so many things that God is doing. Things that people just overlook and don't know that those things have the ability in itself. Let us rest on this. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.